Welcome to the YGV100FM podcast. I'm your host, Wun Tan. In this podcast, we invite you to join us in the exciting world of your global village. If this is your first time here, we are a community living and working in a metaverse-inspired village. Our purpose with this podcast is to share the stories of each resident and find the lessons learned that can help you get better results and have a bigger impact. Whether you are just starting out in your business or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find fresh ideas and inspiration in these stories. Okay, welcome to another episode of the YGV 100FM podcast. And with me today, I've got Lorna Charlton. And so Lorna, uh, tell us a bit about your backstory and your personal impact. Um, thanks, Moon. It's really nice to be here. And I love the studio and the fact that we get to share our story. And I also like the fact that the interview is structured around stories because that's a really important way of communicating messages and ideas. Um, so my backstory is I've actually broken it up into three parts. And the first part starts when I was really young. And that's important because I grew up on a farm and it wasn't a big farm. It was on the outskirts of the city of Perth, which is the capital city of Western Australia. And that was a sort of semi-rural environment, but there was enough natural bushland around for me to be able to go outdoors and, and really develop a, an interest in um, nature, a real fascination with it and a passion for nature conservation. And so when I finished high school, I went on to study biology at university and after graduating from uni, I worked in a variety of research positions at different universities and also at the Western Australian Museum. And so I was fortunate enough to also be able to go on scientific expeditions to really remote locations um, and see some beautiful parts of Australia and some amazing parts of Indonesia. And then I went on and did further studies at another university on the east coast of Australia. And the quality of the written thesis that I submitted for my research project, as a result of that, I was awarded a PhD scholarship. And so when I came back to Perth from finishing that, that um, period of studies, I began my PhD. And so that's sort of my first, the first part of my backstory. And what I've described is a fairly straightforward career path that someone in research would follow if you wanted to become a research scientist or become a university academic. But this, as I said, is only one part of my backstory because when I was pursuing a career in research, I had a really strong and clear purpose and I was very good at what I did. But the whole time I was actually torn between continuing as a scientist and doing something more creative. And I found I actually found this really frustrating and confusing at times. And so that takes me to the second part in my backstory. Um, and I wanted to sort of describe where that creative need came from and how it impacted my life while I was pursuing science, because I think um, some listeners will be able to, to really relate to what I experienced so I grew up with two strong influences in my life, my mum and my dad. And I think I get my logical, methodical, analytical thinking brain from my dad. 
and this helped me to be really good at science. Um, but I also ha- I'm very creative and I have a gazillion ideas and I love visual design. And so I probably got that side from my mother because she was an artist and, and a lecturer in art history. And I grew up in a house filled with her art. And so she taught me a lot about composition and colour theory and all of the things that were part of her world. And I think growing up in that environment had a really big influence on me and my desire to be creative. So, you, so you had your academic career and then what, yes. what, what, what was the next big jump? Because it, it, there seems to be something going to be happening, right? Like you made you there must is, there, a big decision. There, there. Is a, there is a big jump, but it was a real journey to get there because for 15 years I persevered with science and ignored this feeling inside of me and there were there were like these little breadcrumbs that kept popping up and saying Lorna you need to listen to this creative side because it's probably really the path you want to follow more than science but science was like the safe pathway it was you know there was a logical path to follow and I could see it ahead I couldn't see where a creative path would lead me and I didn't have a plan so I sort of resisted going down that path um and, and it started really early. It started back in university when I was doing my degree and I found that I was interested in everything and I wanted to learn about everything, but that almost also made me feel really frustrated because other students at university who I studied with seemed to have this really narrow focus and they knew exactly what they wanted to study and what they wanted to be, and I really envied that because... When you've got that focus, like you do in entrepreneurship and business, and you niche down, you can make you can get traction and make progress. And I just felt that I just wanted to do everything and I was really stopping myself from moving forward in some ways. So that was frustrating. And my interests were so broad that I was not only interested in science, but I developed a strong interested interest in photography and film while I was at university and I loved film because it was a really powerful way of storytelling and I wondered if instead I shouldn't be doing a film degree instead of a science degree. That's how much I was torn between the two. So this just added to the confusion. And on top of all of that, I also developed a real passion for events and those wonderful magical experiences where you've got music and sound, um, sound, audio, you've got light, you've got storytelling and everything comes together with a message that really moves you, an experience that really moves you, and you feel different afterwards. So, um, and some examples of that are when I went to the World Expo in 1988 and went to some of the exhibits there, they were phenomenal. And then also when I went to do my further studies on the East Coast, I went and visited the Townsville Aquarium, and it was just this magical place where you were immersed in this underwater world and it was just really special and it was very creative and I loved it so much that I did a six-week training course in being a volunteer guide and I volunteered at the aquarium when I wasn't doing my studies. So there's all of these things telling me I should be doing something more creative but I kept doing the science And it wasn't until I came back to Perth and I was halfway through my PhD that something happened that finally got me to shift my thinking and that was I became a Mm -hmm. mum. So I had a beautiful little girl 
And it's not that I stopped my career or my aspirations um, to be a mum. I was still doing all of those other things, but something in me changed and it shifted and I decided it was time to finally listen to that thing inside of me, that little voice that's saying, you don't really want to be a scientist, you don't want to be a researcher, you don't want to be an academic. How about we finally start exploring that creative path? And so I made a decision there and then that that's what I would do. I would commit to finding out what that could possibly be. <laughs> what, what what happened next? What, what were the, you know, what, what were the steps that you took and what, what did you, you know, you might have explored certain, like a number of different paths. I suppose um, it's the researcher in me. And so I'm quite <laughs> happy to, to, you know, I thought, I sort of, you know, what, what, what can I possibly do? And I started, you know, looking, exploring different possibilities. And I eventually, um, it all led me to a phone call with a man who was to become my future boss, my future manager. And on the call, I asked him, how can I combine all the things that I'm passionate about, that I love doing, which was uh, research, writing, graphic design, film, photography, illustration, um, creating meeting magical moments, um, experiences for people, and also sharing important messages about the things that we care about and want to protect. And he said, that's easy. It's a profession called heritage interpretation. <laughs> Now, um, I had never heard of heritage interpretation and just about everybody I speak to has never heard of it. Um, so the simplest way to explain what it is is it's a special way of storytelling that helps people to make an emotional connection with the things that we want to protect because people have to care about something and value it before they will take steps to protect it. So as a heritage interpreter, I create a wide range of print and digital information products. They can be brochures, posters, signage, websites, apps, um, all sorts of things. And I also design experiences for visitors to national parks and nature reserves. And in a, on top of all of that, I also create communication strategies and deliver training. So in a nutshell, that's what a heritage interpreter does and is. <laughs> So, um, and I've been doing that. For, sorry, go. On. So there seems to be a like a, a profession, right? Like it's it. There seems to be um, something around that. That is there's there seems to be like a lot of transferable skills when when I think of so it's something like a heritage, you know, a prof, what, what do you call it? Heritage. Her heritage interpreter. Heritage so, interpreter. Um, yeah. Yeah, so heritage is a, there's two, two words. Um, heritage is a reference to our natural and our cultural heritage, mm -hmm. the things that we want to protect in those broad areas. And interpreter is simply another way of saying you're a storyteller. Interesting. So tell me more, like, so how, how did that brought you to your current position where you are right now? Well, that's the, that's the third part of my backstory, which is um, not, well, in some ways, uh, it, It's not. It's a shorter story to tell, but um, it's still taken me uh, a couple of decades to actually for that story to play out. Um, so I've been doing. I've been a heritage interpreter for over 20 years now, um, but at the same time as I started my new job in heritage interpretation, it was 1999, and long time ago, 
and the internet was nothing like it is today and websites were really basic and functional but quite ugly. And I developed a fascination with the internet and website design because of the ability to leverage online products and reach a global audience. So this really fascinated me because it started me on a path down a path along entrepreneurship and thinking about how I could make an even bigger impact in the world. And so over the years, while doing my full-time job, I've learned a lot about entrepreneurship and business training and networking. And I've also learned about online marketing and online course creation because I do a lot of training in the work that I do and web design. And up until recently, I was designing websites for clients. But by joining your YGV, your global village, I found that Annalise and her team and all of the other impact entrepreneurs who are part of that village have really helped me to get clarity on of all the things I could be doing in that space, in that internet space and entrepreneurship. Um, they've really helped me to focus more on the business that I'm creating now. Um, so I've sort of left web design behind, although I still do it uh, a little bit here and there. And that's really how I've reached my current story. And I wanted to say that I'm not saying that because I just want to give YGV a plug. Um, I, the, the funny thing is that in telling this story, I honestly believe that this moment in joining YGV and having that support, I, I believe it's going to prove to be a pivotal moment in my story uh, moving forward with my business venture. I'm going to be, look, be able to look back and say that was a key moment um, because of the track, you know, sort of the focus I'm getting now, the support I have and the traction that I'm getting. Um, and I feel so committed to what I'm doing now. So I'm excited about looking back and being able to say that about this moment in my journey. So that's where my journey and that's my backstory is scientist to heritage interpreter to impact entrepreneur. Amazing. I like the I like that sort of um, that career path, that that evolution. And I re I really agree. I I, I think um, YGV is such a unique space. Um, and I'm sure it's a, it, it, it will be a pivotal moment in, in my my work as well in my um, business. So you know, coming to you, you know your your present story, right? Um, your current business. Tell us a bit about uh, how do you envisage yourself? You know, working with others, and and what are some of the uh, services, the products that you've put together? My business is brand new. So I'm not able to share stories about clients yet, uh, but I can explain what I'll be offering and the outcomes I envisage clients will have after working with me. This is, this is sort of my vision of, of what my business will, will be able to do for others. Um, my business is all about passion, purpose, impact and legacy. And there are two reasons why I've chosen to go down this path. My life, as I've just explained, has been a sort of a series of twists and turns always searching, always trying new things and always feeling that I needed to do more and be more so that I can create a really positive impact and leave the world a better place. And this feeling, this drive in me has never left me. So I've always been very purpose-driven. So I have a real interest in that and being able to help others uh, in their journey too. My, the other thing is that my experiences in heritage interpretation have been really relevant and a key factor, I think, and my background and lengthy experience in this area 
is something that sets me apart from other people who are providing guidance around purpose and legacy. And that's because heritage interpretation is taking people through a process and you generally move from awareness um, to greater understanding to appreciation and ultimately to taking action. And it's also all about universal values. So those values um, that we all share, regardless of who we are, where we've come from, there are values that we as humans all, all have. And those values are a way of connecting people with people's heads and their hearts. So there's a connection that you can create that's both intellectual and emotional right in here. And it's all about heritage interpretation is also all about shifting perspectives. It's seeing something through new eyes that creates an awareness and clarity. So in that process, people come to understand themselves at a much deeper level and come to better understand the world around them. And I think this combination, my journey and my knowledge of heritage, heritage interpretation, um, provides a really good basis for the business that I'm creating. The business has, with that sort of foundation, I've decided that the business has two simple goals, clear goals. It's to help other people facing the same uncertainties and frustrations and doubts and fears that I felt during my journey to get clear on their why. Um, and the other, other goal is to inspire and empower them to take action because I feel like the change that the world needs can only really happen when we work together and support and inspire each other. So to help clients achieve this, um, I'm going to provide a variety of free and paid products and services. And some of these are digital and others are online. Um, sorry, some are digital and online and others are real experiences in the real world. So the sorts of things that are going to be online and, and in a digital format are quizzes um, and uh, not so much quizzes and tests. I'm not going to try and develop my own set of uh, quizzes and tests because I feel like there's a lot out there already. So I'd rather take an approach where I can sort of review what's out there, um, take a step back, look at the bigger picture and look at what already exists and look at the pros and cons of those um, and then provide guidance on probably what are the most helpful in different situations. And I want to include a really fresh approach to this to purpose and passion based on recent research because I'm beginning to discover some really fascinating people out there who are doing just that. They're taking a fresh approach. And to me, it really resonates. Their approach really resonates with me more so than some of the older approaches. Well, could you share um, some, some elements of that? With the rest of it. But I was, just <laughs> I was just really fascinated with what she had to say. And it was just a really nice take on something, you know, that's been around for a long time. I've been reading about passion purpose for such a long time and I'll see somebody go down a path and I sort of think, is that really, you know, is, is that really true? Is, you know, how much value are you providing by, by sharing that point of view? And someone else will come along and completely flip that on its head with their own perspective. And I think, oh, okay, that's interesting. So, um, you know, for instance, somebody will say, you need to find your passions. Some people say, no, you don't need to find your passion. Your passion's already there. You just need to create it or ignite it. And there's a big difference between passion and purpose. Um, so it's, it's, sometimes it's about terminology and sometimes it's about people's understanding of those topics um, and how to sort of explore them 
uh, and the fact that there's so many different ways you can explore it because we're all so different. So that's why I really want to um, look at those topics rather than trying to formulate and distill my own system right down. It's, it's, I think there's value in looking at what everyone else has been, already been doing um, and seeing what, what's been working and what, what hasn't been working so well. Is there anything uh, else you want to mention around, you know, how you want to help others make a difference? Uh, yes. The, um, I've got a podcast that I'm calling Red Shoes On, recently rebranded it. It's a reference to The Wizard of Oz and Dorothy's Adventure in the Land of Oz. Um, and it's also a call to action. So it's, I, you know, I want to people to put their red shoes on and dare to step into their greatest adventure, which is their life, um, and towards a life of purpose and impact. And the podcast is going to be a collection of interviews with people from all walks of life who will be sharing their life story and how and why they made key decisions to get them to where they are now. And so I think that will be really helpful because there's so much variety in that. And I'm sure that while one speaker may not or one, one person interview may not resonate with, with somebody, somebody else it will invariably resonate with, with the listener. Amazing. Uh, so that's the Red Shoes podcast. Red Shoes on podcast, yes. Yeah. Then uh, I'd like to, um, I'm, I'm working on a product called One Second Stories, which is a guided online program to help clients create their legacy storybooks. And I, this is based on my first One Second Storybook that I created for my daughter, it's a combination of images and my life lessons, and it's a way of sharing knowledge and wisdom that we gather through our lives um, so that we can pass that on to others. And again, those lessons are based around universal values, and it's a way of connecting with who you truly are and can be a springboard for passion projects that can lead you to your purpose. So that's a, that's a pretty exciting project. Another one now we move into the face-to-face, you know, the real experiences in the real world. Uh, and one of those is what I'm calling the City Passion Trails. So these are self-guided urban discovery trails that are I'm, I'm sort of treating as an inspirational doorway to purpose and impact. Um, I'm really excited about this because I've been designing interpretive trails for 20 years now. Uh, so the trails I'm hoping will feature augmented reality and you'll also be filled with challenges that you can earn points for. And if you're familiar with scavenger hunts, this is so much more than that because on the trails through the use of video and audio, um, you'll get to meet iconic, what I'm calling our iconic trailblazers, and these are inspiring and innovative leaders, change makers and creators who call that city home, and their stories are designed to inspire the trail users and show you what's possible. And then the other thing that um, is off in the, in the future, so I've got lots to work on, but the other thing that I'd like to do in the future that I have plans for, I'm calling the Elder Tours. These are destination-based workshops where small groups can be immersed within a culture and a wisdom that's ageless, really. I've been working with Aboriginal elders for the last 20 years and helping them to tell their stories to the general public so that it can provide a cultural perspective and open people's eyes to a different way of looking at things. And these, what I've learned is that these cultures, these Indigenous cultures, are so rich and deep and complex, and there's a lot we can learn from them about how to live and how to connect with what truly matters. And so there's just a lot of ancient wisdom and knowledge that we can tap into to guide us on our purpose and our impact-driven journeys. 
So I'm excited about that as well. Amazing. So Lorna, obviously there's there's kind of three parts to this uh, interview and the third part is really the, the future story. Can you share with us what, what do you think your your future story is and like imagine if today is 2026 looking back in the last five years what would you say are the highlights in in the past five years for you I think mine are pretty simple to say uh I'll keep it short and sweet because it's it is hard to know and I'm not trying to change the whole world I'm just trying to do my part but I'd like to think that Looking back from 2026, over five years, there are three things that I hope I can say that I've achieved. And one is that um, I got my business well and truly established and that it was a successful venture that gave me the freedom and the resources to pursue what I really love doing, which is having a positive impact on the world. The second thing I'd like to be able to say that I had achieved that would be a great highlight would be um, connecting and continuing to connect with in really meaningful ways um, with an even bigger group and network of impact entrepreneurs um, who continue to inspire me and mentor me because there is always more to discover and learn. So I find that a really exciting part of this journey. And the third thing that I'd really like to be able to um, look back on and say, yay, I did that. Uh, And that is that I'd love to be able to inspire and empower people around the world to create more meaningful and fulfilled and happy lives um, and help them to have a tangible impact on the well-being of the planet. I don't know how many lives I can touch, but even if I could touch a few, then that is a great achievement. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to doing that. And I, I, I should mention that my the sorts of people that I'd like to work with and hope that I can help are not just entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurship has been a focus of mine uh, and in my current story, uh, but this is not, you know, what I'm creating is not solely aimed at entrepreneurs. I've been an employee uh, all of my life and have found ways to align with my purpose. So I'm hoping to help people who are also employees or um, and helping them to pursue something that really inspires them. Perhaps if not as an employee in their spare time, so it might be a hobby, or they might be doing it through being a volunteer. Volunteers are so important um, in so many areas. So there are, there are so many different ways in which people can align with their purpose. So hopefully I can look back and say that I've been able to help people in, in all of those areas and just create that impact. The only other thing I want to mention in relation to, to that is that there are so many ways, if people are sort of wondering how they can create an impact, then a good place to start is by looking at UNESCO's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And these really resonate with me in the sense that as an ecologist, I understand how everything in nature is connected. We talk about interconnectedness. And when I look at the global goals, although they're sort of depicted as 17 separate goals, I can actually see how they're all connected and by having an impact in one area, one goal, it flows through to multiple other goals, which is really, really wonderful. So everything really is interconnected and that interconnection can happen or that connection can happen on a global scale or it can happen locally and it can happen between two people. 
So in 2026, I'd like to be able to look back and say that I inspired others to really do the things that inspire them and that through our collective actions, the world is a better place for everyone and every living thing because nature is still so important to me. Wow, that is really inspiring. And um, thank you very much on that note. Um, yeah, thank you for those who are listening. Uh, and, you know, for, for those who are listening and want to check out um, more about what you are doing, Lorna, where is the best place uh, they could find you? Uh, my website. I'm probably going to end up with multiple websites, but the main one at the moment <laughs> because I love designing them and um and there'll probably be a different website for each of those products and services that I talked about. But right now, the main one is the Red Shoes On podcast. So that's at redshoeson.com. Awesome. Thank you very much, Nona. Thanks, Woon. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for listening till the end. That was Lona Charlton of At Heart, and she's resident number 10 Global Square Village. Of course, if you have listened this far, make sure you check out the Village Bookstore or Village Cafe for our next event. We run regular fun and engaging events as we grow our village. And just last week, we had our opening of the brand new Village Wishing Well. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in to the next episode. We have Susan Ritter of Wealthy Wise Women for the next episode. If you don't know Susan, she will be sharing her journey from the nuclear industry to, to now working with women to change their relationship with money and make better decisions around investments. So tune in for the next episode to find out more about Your Global Village. Head over to yourglobalvillage.com. That's it for now. My name is Wintan and I'll see you in the next episode.